1: It's time for Most Things Kenobi. Shouldn't it be All Things Kenobi? Hmm.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And this week, we come to you... From Leanne's Kitchen. (laughs) Yes! We are finally getting a chance to record together, a very rare treat for us. But because of that, because we're in the room together, you might hear a little more mic bleed than usual. We're trying very hard not to talk over each other this time. But you will definitely probably hear a little bit of audio difference in this episode, maybe another episode or two. We're going to try and record a few today. So we apologize (laughs) for any changes, but we are doing our best to make it as high quality for you as possible.
1: But... On a more positive note, it's been an absolute treat getting to visit with you and see you for as long as we have this
0: this go around. It has been so much fun. We've watched Rogue One, Empire Strikes Back. This morning, we watched the Return of the Jedi and a lot of Clone Wars. It has been fabulous. We haven't only done Star Wars stuff. We've done lots of other great things as well. I am well fed. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. We got our fix, of course. Yeah, delicious outings on the town and yeah it's been fantastic thank you for hosting me of course and if any of you out there are listening and
1: you follow us on social media we've been posting pretty regularly about our our adventures in star wars land and what we've been doing together as we kind of hang out for the past couple of
0: days Yeah, and i finally got to hold leanne's princess leia lightsaber and it was amazing it's pretty nice lightsaber isn't it It's hefty. It's super hefty. I was very impressed with it. You could really do some damage. She could have. Yes. Hell yeah, she could have. Leia's a goddess.
1: So what we're going to talk about today is kind of interesting. It's something that, you know, we tossed between each other. Is this something we want to delve into? And it's, it's kind of got an interesting angle. And it's not something that you see all the time. It's the comparison. Well, the comparing and the contrasting. Of the two characters Ahsoka Tano and Asajj Ventress and we've done some research and they are very alike but they have quite a few differences as well and we really start to see them come together in you know the episodes where Ahsoka um in the Clone Wars ends up leaving the Jedi Order and leaving everyone behind and you know culminates
0: in the episode where we all cry (laughs) (laughs) that's true we watched these episodes for research, and we avoided that one because we couldn't take it. But in it. the
1: name of research, we went ahead, re-watched all of it, and kind of discussed as we were watching, well, number one, how handsome Anakin and Obi-Wan are. Number two, how... how shall I say it? How difficult Ventress and Ahsoka, their lives were, and their lives became, and that is their biggest... Um, similarity between the two characters is is their the amount of loss they both
0: experienced and how that set them on their path at first I mean it's kind of obvious if you rewatch the episode but I hadn't watched it for a long time and it really occurred to me when we were recording our episode about what makes a good Jedi and we were talking about Ahsoka and how she found her own path and kind of lives by her own code after she leaves the Jedi and it made me realize that's exactly what Ventress does You know, she gets betrayed by her master. She goes through a a time of self-discovery and comes out the other end, you know, as a bounty hunter living by her own code, kind of not subscribing to the Jedi or the Sith or anybody. She lives by her own rules, and that's kind of what Ahsoka did. Right, and it may be a different set of rules
1: between the two of them, but you could say that they definitely lived on their own doing what they thought they needed to do. Um, to survive and it's all because as we know ventress was betrayed by dooku and ahsoka was betrayed by the jedi order when they just you know assumed she was the the guilty party who bombed the temple as we as we find out it's it's barris but you know after that trust is broken there's there's no going back
0: yeah and it struck me when we were watching the episode the other day that Once this chain of events starts rolling, like Ahsoka, maybe even not knowing it, could never return to the life she had had before. You know, she's on the run. She's trying to clear her name. And it's like, even when she clears her name, her path is totally different from then on. She can never go back. That really was kind of crushing.
1: (laughs) It's very sad. I mean, psychologically speaking, these two went through hell. Mm -hmm. And at the hands of people they thought they trusted or could trust. And that's pretty awful. But they're both survivors, you know, by any means necessary, I guess. Obviously, Ahsoka subscribed to a more kinder, gentler set of self-imposed rules, you know. And Asajj was just, I mean, she could have been way more ruthless considering how awful
0: her life was. But she kind of tamed herself she toned it down absolutely. I mean, Ahsoka kind of lives by a uh, for the greater good rule, and Ventress lives for like a self preservation. But when we re watched episodes about Ventress, and I don't blame her, all of the loss she suffered and all of the devastation that she experienced, even returning to Death Amir thinking it was going to be a safe haven for her, and really it like brought destruction to her people. I mean, I don't think it's that far-fetched that she would just kind of like live for herself from then on and keep it like small and tight and close to the vest all the time. And the
1: guilt she felt when all of the Sisters died, quote-unquote, because of her, she carried that with her. And I'm sure, I am sure. Well, we get a little of it in E.K. Johnson's book, Ahsoka, where Ahsoka feels guilt after Order 66 that she made it out. And she knows, or at least assumes that most of her i mean anakin and obi-wan she's never quite sure i mean until later on that they're still alive or they died she assumes they died because she can't connect with them through the force and she tried several times so she just assumed you know but still kept a little hope alive yeah that's interesting i've never read that book would you recommend it i would it's a good it's a good backstory filler
0: it, it kind of... It, it's a bridge, if you will. I've heard I mean, it's a little different than what happened in season seven because I guess she was going off just, like, script treatments, but that it's fairly close. It's close enough. I mean, Clone Wars, they did a fantastic
1: job, so... Can't get better than that. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we know about Asajj Ventress? Her life began as she she was payment she was sold into slavery or traded into slavery in as a means to keep the night sister safe in a way that isn't it's it's described in wikipedia but it's not you don't quite get it from the episode um in the clone wars she's then discovered as having this tremendous power by a jedi who takes her under his wing and trains her to be his Padawan, he dies in front of her, and she goes kind of ballistic and starts to seek revenge on the Jedi and then is picked up eventually by Dooku and um, good old Palps, who's always searching. He's always looking for a
0: new person to destroy. (laughs) Yeah, soul to take and crush. Well, and it's sad because I... It's interesting that they never really talk about from the Jedi perspective, like what they think of Asash. Maybe they didn't know she existed because I forget her her master's name, Kai something, right? Mm-hmm. Um he crash lands on her planet, the planet that she's been taken to as a slave, and her slave master is killed and then he's this Jedi takes over her care and training. So maybe he was crash-landed there and was never able to reconnect with the Jedi. And I guess Wikipedia said that uh, Asajj thought that the Jedi had abandoned him and that's why she despised the Jedi. But I wonder if the Jedi ever knew that she was training to be a Jedi. If they only knew that she was a Sith and that's why they...
1: Well, and then we get in um, Dark Disciple. We get that the Jedi want to use her in their classic manner.
0: Um... I won't spoil the book for anyone who hasn't read it. It's, it's definitely good. It's a good read. That one is good. Especially if you like Quinlan Voss, also. Okay. He's so great in that. We didn't get enough Voss. We didn't. <laughs> but what we did get. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> he's someone we
1: need to talk about in a separate episode. Yes. Because his, his power is different and unique. It's very interesting. Um, he's a character in and of itself. You and I were talking when we were watching the episode of him and Obi Wan and um,
0: Zero the Hut. One of my favorite episodes
1: <laughs> yes. ever. That him and Obi Wan probably have a lengthy backstory that I would love to just make
0: up yes, as we same. go because you and I were already starting to do that. It's so true. I I have like ideas for fix with them because. They were Padawans around the same time, and there's always talk in like novelizations and comic books that they have a history, but no one ever talks about what it is. It's just the way Obi-Wan seems totally annoyed with him, but like you can tell that he's not really. He just kind of like, that's the role he assumes. They're comfortable enough to
1: throw jabs at each other. Yes. Knowing that, okay, it's safe to throw a jab at this one because of whatever our lengthy backstory is.
0: And I love that Voss has that line that's like right out of the Big Lebowski, where he says, "Well, that's like your opinion, man." Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I wonder if someone on the Clone Wars team was a closet Lebowski fan. Ooh, maybe. I am not a closet Lebowski fan. I am an out and proud Lebowski. We fan. We are both, both very proud Lebowski fans. So we would have
0: automatically think that when we look, yes, see that that episode and. Didn't we talk about Jeff Bridges in the Dave Filoni episode? We did. I don't remember which one, but
1: (laughs) see, this is what happens behind the scenes when we watch them. We go go off on tangents together by ourselves when there's no microphone in front of our face.
0: Exactly. That's why the podcast is a natural step for us. Okay, so that's
1: Asajj's background in a nutshell. Then we have Ahsoka's.
0: Oh my God. Yeah found by a jedi mm-hmm. very young mr plo coon little soka little soka oh my heart i know i know and then when you know when the whole jedi who knew too much or whatever that arc is called they send of course anakin and plo to track down ahsoka i just right. think that's pretty heartbreaking
1: that is pure manipulation on her emotions to try and talk her down off a ledge if you will by using the two people that are closest and mean the most to her.
0: With no thought of what emotional toll it would take on the two characters who love her the most going after her. Yeah. Fucking counsel. Fucking Again. counsel. <laughs> Peace is a lie, bitch. And this is this is why. But I digress. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. So once Ahsoka is brought to the temple, I guess we don't really know what happens between when she's a baby, basically, and when she becomes a Padawan. But... Um, Obi-Wan thought she was going to be his Padawan, which you see in the Clone Wars movie, and then Yoda decides that she's going to be Anakin's Padawan, and the rest is history, yeah. as they say. And then she gets basically, I would say, betrayed by the Jedi, who in her most moment of most need, they do not stand by her. In fact, they turn their backs on her until the proof is irrefutable, and then they can't deny that it wasn't her that committed the crime. But she is strong enough to realize that this life is not for her. She leaves. She goes off on her own. She helps Bo-Katan in the Mandalore. What is that called again? The Mandal- What is the Mandalore arc in Season 7 called? Uh, the best thing I've ever seen. Oh, sorry.
1: That's not the working title. But <laughs> <laughs> should be. No, I, I don't
0: know the, the, the name of the. The Siege, the Siege of, Mandalore. of Mandalore. That's it. There it is. And then we see her again in Rebels. We see her again in The Mandalorian. Just Ahsoka is permeating all parts of Star Wars now, and it's pretty amazing her her arc to becoming this strong, independent character who doesn't need any kind of group or approval from anybody. She lives by her own code, and you see that really clearly in The Mandalorian. She's got her goal, going after Thrawn, I guess, mm-hmm. is what she's doing next, Which I'm interested to see how they're going to pull in Timothy Zahn's stuff. Uh, It's going to be interesting. But yeah, Asajj doesn't last as long as Ahsoka, which is too bad.
1: But she went the way that... I I would say she went the way that that would be the most dignified for her character. Mm -hmm. Um, Doing her thing on her terms, which, I mean... That's all she probably ever really wanted was, mm-hmm. I mean, she craved to belong somewhere. She couldn't belong with the Sisters. She couldn't belong with the Jedi. She couldn't belong with the Sith. She became a bounty hunter, didn't quite belong there, although she fit in quite well. And then, you know, she took it upon herself to just do her thing. And yes, ended badly, but at the same time. I mean, we don't know Ahsoka's end, but I'm going to go ahead and guarantee it's going to be on her terms. And it's she's going to go the way that Ahsoka Tano deserves to go,
0: which is probably doing something selfless. God, I hope they don't show us that. I don't want to see it, I don't no. want to see it. It's bad enough having to see Luke Khan and Leia. Yeah, everyone else. Yeah, that was god-awful. But, yeah, you're so right about Asajj wanting to... It's like, talk about from childhood, never having a home, never officially being safe anywhere. And she just seemed to keep craving it wherever she went. And finally, when she goes off on her own and accepts being alone and accepts the life that she makes now, that's when she gets pulled back in. It's like the godfather. Right. <laughs> Every time I'm out, they pull me back yes. in. And she like gets used up, chewed up, and spit out by the Jedi Council like so many... Other other characters. Mm -hmm.
1: Which is sad, because Obi-Wan is a part of that. But Obi-Wan always had respect for Ventress, which I find interesting. A lot of people ship them. We're not here to, like, really comment on that, but
0: I could see why. The fan art for that ship is really good. (laughs) I've seen some. You've sent me some. Yes. Very nice. It's a lot more saucy. It's... (laughs)
1: Is Ventress Obi-Wan's side piece? <laughs> I can't
0: see it. We but- will allow you Jen, to decide yeah. for yourselves. We'll <laughs> refrain from making a comment, but we'll just put that question I mean, out there. it's uh,
1: Vos' girl, but yeah. Kenobi's side piece. Hey. <laughs> Interpret it how you will.
0: I know a lot of people are really opposed to that because of Satine, but I I right. just say nothing is written in stone anywhere. No, it's fun. it's fun to talk about. That's what fandom and shipping is about is like taking what's canon and going off on side t- on guilty pleasures. That's why people write fanfictions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I ship myself with Anakin every day. So
0: sorry, Padmé. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Padme's a nice lady and everything but Luke, Luke and Leia's mother, I respect. Yes, yes. but come on. Yes.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Don't apologize. My
0: mother listening. Yeah, and my- Who doesn't know what the word ship means? I apologize. That's true. Actually, I- I've used that term with a few people who aren't fandom people and they're just like, I- "Are you saying shit? You shit then? Yeah. <laughs> Some I do. <laughs> <laughs> We won't get into those though. No, no, no. <laughs> That's hilarious. When you ship somebody, it's when you want two characters to have a relationship. That's yes. basically what it boils down to. It's a verb. Yes. <laughs> to ship to someone. Does that help?
1: Well, I don't I don't necessarily ship Obi-Wan and Assage Ventress, but I do love their
0: reluctant respect for each other. Yeah, same. I'm not opposed to this ship. I don't like ship at hardcore or anything, but I'm not offended by it when I see it. I think that they make sense together because they're very similar in their determination and, like, she despises the fact that he's always in a cheerful mood. Yes, (laughs) which is hilarious. Yeah. Because he's... (laughs) The pain Obi
1: Wan feels inside is is a direct contradiction to that
0: outward happiness she's picking up on. It's so true. Well, there—that's why Revenge, the episode of Revenge, is so great, because they're they're just mocking each other ruthlessly the entire time. I want that but, back. I know. <laughs> Red's not my color anyway. <laughs> but they need each other, right? They wouldn't have gotten out of that situation without each other, and. Uh, I think it's it's quite delightful to watch them play off of each other. It's a guilty pleasure, yeah. And we didn't get enough of it. No, we got a good amount, but not that like one on one. They're like never alone together. It's true, and I think that is fun. Although in it's non canon, but I was telling you about this the other day. There's like dark horse comics where their relationship is quite terrifying because she's like tortures him and. She's she's quite brutal in the in the older comics. That makes sense though. Yeah. And it's probably because maybe her backstory didn't exist yet, so there wasn't compassion for Ventress. She was just like an evil villain who did evil things. So it's it's pretty cool to watch that her arc has changed so much and she's really very developed. Since we're talking about
1: Ventress and her backstory and how she came to be, and she's quite brutal in some comics and you know sassy in the clone wars did you happen to know and do our listeners happen to know that her tattoos on her head actually have significant meaning which i find extremely interesting because i love symbolism and the the Mm -hmm. detail they put right so when her master her jedi master kai narek you actually yes it is kai nice um when he died she decided to go after you know well, basically everybody. But she really said, I'm done with the Jedi overall. She uh, tattooed her skull, as we know it, from the Clone Wars. 12 marks, one for each of the 12 warlords she killed after swearing their deaths on the uh, the planet where they resided, where she and her master were and were training, and, and the ones that ended up killing him.
0: So, dang. That's fucking, I didn't know that. That is ruthless and that's amazing, and I'd never heard that before. It's
1: it's very awesome. I, I, I love little details like that, mm-hmm. which add depth to a character, but only if you know. Right. Like, she just looks badass with her head tattoos, right? You just, she She's that bald... Yeah. You know, she's actually beautiful, but, like, she has that
0: imposing, like... But it actually, she wears it as a badge. That's the thing that's so interesting with her, is every reincarnation of her, she just embraces it fully without question.
1: And then... On the flip side, comparing it to Ahsoka, her beaded chain representing her tied to the Jedi, she ripped off Mm -hmm. and got rid of. So Asajj is adding something to her after, you know, her leaving the Jedi, if you will, or leaving that
0: path behind. And Ahsoka is um, removing a piece. That's true. But also she uses her markings as the Fulcrum mm-hmm. symbol when she becomes part of the underground resistance yes. and rebels and it's become a symbol
1: of it's it's become a symbol as part of, you know, a, a part of the rebellion in its most earliest stages mm-hmm. and beyond.
0: Oh, I was going to say that it's also become a symbol. It started becoming a symbol, I guess, in season 7 of Clone Wars where all of the clones paint that symbol on their helmets. And now it's become a huge symbol in fandom. People have it embroidered on t-shirts and sweatshirts and, and hats and mugs and We everything. just
1: watched the Her Universe fashion show and Ashley Eckstein walked out in her, you know... Goddess outfit? My God, that was amazing. Amazing! The cape, the, the whole thing. She took the hood all... Like, she removed the hood mm-hmm. like any, any Jedi would...
0: It's like, I have chills thinking seen, about it. You've seen I'm sure the comparison of when Obi-Wan drops his robes with the woman from the Anastasia cartoon was like grandma. Yes, I've <laughs> seen it and I love it. I always think of that when a Jedi removes their hood. I'm always thinking of the Anastasia cartoon. Yes. <laughs> But yes, my God, that outfit, I want it. The, like, cuff around the ankle, the sparkly heels, the fulcrum symbol on the back. It was amazing. Of that course, was... she wore
1: it well with that hair, the oh Ahsoka hair, yes. you know, which is just so cool. We're we're on a tangent,
0: yes, but the symbol... But, I mean, Ahsoka is played by Ashley, so it's okay. It yes. ties in. <laughs> yes,
1: but the, the symbol has become something so much more, which, I mean, obviously, Asajj Ventress's head tattoos of death are not going to become a symbol for...
0: Well, I would wear something with those. <laughs> but her universe made adventurous clothing. That's true. So. They had the like workout leggings. The workout leggings and like the bra. Wrappings. Yep. Yes, that was really cool. I love the colors. There's a pin coming out because I'm, a, you know, addicted to pins now. But uh, Pin Master Lady is doing a pin with, I can't remember who the other person is, but they're doing a light side and a dark side assage. And one of their shops is selling light side, and the other is selling the dark side. And they're so amazing. It's that one of the, like, where she's, like, wrapped in her costume, and, like, it's sticking up, fluttering up behind her, and she's got Mm. the hair. And, Mm -hmm. oh, it's really good. Asajah's art is so great.
1: Sometimes it's... There's some really beautiful, beautiful characterizations of her with, with hair, without hair. Yes. She's just always a badass.
0: And the voice actress... Nika Futterman, amazing. Amazing. Does she also it, does, it is, is it Snice Noodles?
1: Yes. From the yes.
0: Hunt for my Zero?
1: Dearie. So good. Oh, Zero. <laughs> my love muffin. I'm terrible at imitating her, but I love her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good. What did they do to you? Oh my God. That, those two characters together are just so hilarious. I can't. I can't
1: take the throaty, like... G- gravelly voice of Assange and then my
0: dear. You I, don't, know? I don't know how that came out of the same person. It's amazing to me. It's like how I can't understand how James Arnold Taylor is Obi-Wan and Reiko Hardeen. Right. Like The voice. And he said he doesn't, they don't put like a filter on him. He does that. He has to like lower his voice an octave. Voice actors blow my mind. Amazing talent. All of them. All of them, yes. I don't know how it's done. Oh, and we were saying Matt Lanter does yes. <laughs> does the voice of the lizard monkey or yeah, monkey the, lizard for yes. Hondo Anaka. Yes. Which I mean,
1: if you listen to it and you picture Lanter in it, like Bravo. <laughs> so funny.
0: I want to see footage of that. Same. Same. So for this week's question, we want to turn the conversation over to you guys. As always, we want to know, what do you think is the greatest similarity between Ahsoka and Asajj?
1: Yes, head on over to our socials and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your opinion. So when it comes to readers' comments this week, I have to read the first two comments we got on our, on our YouTube um, because they're very, very similar, and I don't think it's a coincidence. The first comment by M.H. says, I love Dave through the stories he tells. He is truly a master of Star Wars. And our good friend Iron Knight also says about Dave, I just really love Dave's knack for adventure storytelling. All the plot lines in The Clone Wars were always so much fun and were never repetitive. And see, that's the thing. I think Lauren and I would both agree with our friends who are commenting here on YouTube and across all of our socials that Dave just has a way with storytelling. He has taken some of the most wonderful characters that we know in Star Wars and made them even deeper and even greater and even more heroic and even more evil and he's just excellent at what he does. He's a master at his craft and it shows in his works not just in the Clone Wars but most recently with the Mandalorian and all of the works to come. So thank you Dave once again and we are so excited to see what the future holds. join us next week because we're going to get a little deep. We're going to get a little depressing. We're going to talk about Obi-Wan and his relationship with Qui-Gon Jinn and how it affected him ultimately all the way through what we know of him as a character in the Star Wars franchise. It's going to be painful. There's some good moments. There's some bright moments, but it's mostly pain. (laughs) It's a lot of pain, but that's what Star Wars
0: does best. (laughs) Yes, and the relationship is beautiful. It is. In its weird complexity. It's it's beautiful and interesting. And it's enduring. That's something you can say for sure. I'm really excited to see how it's gonna come up in the Kenobi series. Yes, because oh my god. They they gotta give us, they gotta give
1: us that because you know, Kenobi just sat on Tatooine watching overlook.
0: Speaking about things the whole time he was there looking over Luke. Well, and that's like the last thing that Yoda says to him in Revenge of the Sith. So can we see it, please? Like how his, I have training for you, how to connect with Qui-Gon. Well, let's see that, please. Yes, please.
1: Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. Remember to follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Plus, you can always find us over at
0: MostThingsKenobi.com. So, until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you, always.